It's about that time, Jake. It is, man, Christmas is approaching. December 22nd. It is Thursday. Uh, I have on one screen. I'm very fortunate to have double screens here. So I'm like monitoring our podcast on the other screen. I'm watching my Jacksonville Jaguars defense carry us. But we're on to the semifinals. Four teams are left. I'm one of them. And it is the most exciting time of the year. I am Blake the Cat Miller. Uh, this is like episode 28 or 27 of the Northside Story podcast. It is just flying by. As always, I'm with Jake Softhands Baki. Jake, how are you? I'm all right. Um, you know, it's always next year. Uh, the motto that I oh, would no, buy. save it, save it, save um, it, save it. We we have a special segment for this this uh, remorse. So let's just dive right into it. Let's just go. And I want to start it out. Let's let's get the music going here. Steph. Oh, what a what a crazy season it was for you, Stephanie. At one point, I had you as the best team in the league. And week after week, I picked you to win. And then you lost. Over and over and over again. Now, I've been your toughest critic, and I feel like it's been pretty fair, Jake and I assessment of you and your team, not only this year, but who you are as a fantasy football owner. You're scared. You're always scared. Christian Kirk. Um, if I actually cared about the Aggies, I would know all the other Aggies that you draft. But you still have Jamal Williams on your team. This whole season, you had all season to trade him. And I remember with, um, what a bum, I, I forgot his name, the uh, Broncos running back. But there was a time where... He, you had the world at your fingertips, sitting in first place with moves to plenty, ways to upgrade your team. And you did what you always did. Absolutely nothing. And that showed as you limped into the playoffs and rolled right on your back and lost. R.I.P. Steph. We'll see you next year. L.A. Bash Bros. My team. It was a season of bad luck. Poor trades. Tough roster decisions. You went into the season with no running backs. You ended the season with about six RB2s, that is. Your final roster included Terry McLaurin and Brandon Ayuk, two guys that weren't on your team to start the year. But one that stayed true was Justin Herbert. And although he's an amazing quarterback, he will not be my quarterback next year. Unless Joe Lombardi is fired as the offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. It was a rough year, and you knew in the back of your head you had no shot 
once Cooper Cup went down. Mark Andrews, dead to me. You will never be picked on my team again. And all the others throughout the year. C.D. Lamb, you had a great year. Should have kept on to you. Cortland Sutton, good thing I traded you. Bust. But one that shined was Ezekiel Elliott, who if you to tell me he was my MVP this year, would have never believed you. Shout out to Zeke. Every week that I had him, had he had a touchdown. But last week, putting up 75 points, kind of knew that that was going to happen. And losing by 40 to Trey's team. But there's always next year, and that's the motto that I will live by. Now I need to make sure that I have enough money to pay everyone or pay the person that wins. So if you're listening to this and you haven't paid yet, pay up. I need to recoup some of those uh, gambling losses I had. So, LA Bash Bros, next year will be our year. Man, what a bummer. What a tough year for both, uh, not for both of us. I'm still in the playoffs, Jakes, but I mean, now that we, you got that off your chest, uh, well, how do you really feel? Bummer, bad season, get them next year. Mm, I, it's a, it was a rough season only because I, when Cooper Cup went down, I genuinely was like, all right, there's no shot that I'm winning this. Uh, yeah. Having your first over, first round pick go down. Um, he was someone that I consistently like just leaned on as far as if you look at my numbers when he was, you know, playing, I was averaging a hundred to 10, 115, 120 points a week. And I knew that if I couldn't get, if I were to get him and then I would get guys like Zeke or, um, even like, I mean, Deandre Swift at times had good games, um, but he was frustrating to watch. But like if I had Najee and Zeke who, you know, consistently got 10 to 15 points a week or more, and I would have someone like Cooper Cup and DeAndre Hopkins, I felt pretty good. Like I was like, you know what? Like I might not win it, but you never know. Like uh, there's a chance that I could like sneak into, you know, the championship game and maybe get like a second place finish. But yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews getting hurt and then just not doing anything after he came back from injury was tough. Um yeah, just a tough season overall. And I didn't necessarily like my whole R like zero RB strategy didn't really like shoot me in the foot. Like I didn't really like take anything away from that only because like the guys that I picked, like Cortland Sutton sucked um, yeah. he was bad and I was able to get off of him and still get a good player back. I think that's uh, the Terry McLaurin. No, who did I trade Cortland? Sutton? That was, uh, that was Najee. Yeah, yeah I Najee. Him to you. And so I, Najee actually, did the best yeah, he, he did all up. year um actually you could probably could have used him this week uh but, <laughs> yeah good one. um but uh yeah like i getting him uh the the cd lamb one was tough because cd was definitely Dak's favorite target not that cd like went way like he like went off but like deandre swift was so hard to watch every week because you just saw like how much potential he has mm-hmm. getting like seven eight nine yards a rush and then only having like eight rushes a game um and yeah just overall a disappointing year i'm just glad i to be honest i like even snuck into the playoffs because i was just 
running on fumes. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see next year. Uh, I'm hoping, um, can get some more just consistency out of my team. Yeah. And when you were talking about Cooper cup, it's kind of the same parallel that I see with Steph's team with Jonathan Taylor, very like super dependable, that RB, that lock and load. She just didn't have it, have it that consistency with him all year. Like that, him Mm -hmm. being the, the, the anchor and that anchor that she depended out of him. That was the whole point at the beginning of this, this season of this podcast we talked to her about expanding her roster or not expanding it actually is consolidating it i was just I'm, I'm pulling up the draft right now and i just look at her first three picks and yes we can't forecast entries duh yeah, we get it yeah but jonathan taylor leonard fournette and javante williams at one point when she was on the high of all high, she had those three guys. Javante Williams, we, we know what happened. I mean, we're seeing what's happening in Denver right now. Like, I don't even know if you would still want him um, at mm-hmm. this point of the season. But there was a moment where those three were, were like at their peak, their peak, peak, peak value. And I think as we got to the later end of the season, and you look at I mean, even look at her, like the later end of the draft, Christian Kurt, ninth round, uh, Tyler Lockett, twelfth round, Jamal Williams, fifteenth round. Like some of her big heavy hitters, like she had that depth, but she was kind of mulling around with with the Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams, Mike Williams, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle had some spike weeks. Mike Williams was injured. She had the potential to go out and probably get this like insane package for like a nut like maybe like hunter henry because um earlier in the season white walker um had pieces trade he had he had swift he had henry those both guys were cooking maybe there was a move that steph could have made there i and it's hard because we don't know what the move was that you she could have been burned but my problem with steph is year after year is that we she never gets to see it she never gets to see she never gives herself the the ability to make a trade to try to enhance. She drafts her mm-hmm. team and then she's just fine with it. And yeah, I mean, I mean, just the players that you've named, like you could have gotten so much for Jamal Williams halfway through the year and you yeah. still would have been fine. Like you probably could have traded him to a team that was running back. Like I probably could have, I mean, I would probably have won a little bit more, but like a CD lamb. Like if you were to give me Jamal Williams and a, one of the wide receivers and like might say Jamal Williams and Mike Williams when he was healthy, like in that like four or five games uh, lead going into the season. And then I would have traded like CD and a running back to Steph. And like, that would have been a huge plus for her. So yeah, there were so many players on her team. Like even just some of the depth people, like to the Juju's, like someone would have taken Juju for, you know, if you would have tried to upgrade somewhere else, like she had a, blank tight end spot after Dallas Goddard went down like Joan Johnson had one or two good weeks for her but after that it was zeros like across the board mm-hmm. so this has always been this thing with Steph it's always been I just need to hold on to my guys because I feel like I'm giving away too much sometimes like I get it you don't want to give away too much but sometimes you just need to focus on your own team and yeah. like and you don't you don't necessarily need to think about the roster spots look at trey's team he's a perfect example now trey didn't make any trades and he's been very good at drafting the last couple years but he doesn't have a bench he literally has 
does not have a bench. He's missing no. two bench spots. So it does he doesn't have to think about it. He mm-hmm. sets it, forgets it, and his team pays off. So yeah, that's my, my that's my thing to Steph for next year is like if you're gonna draft people and you drafted well and you picked up good players, try to improve. Like don't worry about other teams, just focus on your own. As we put the final dirt on the coffins, that is House Targaryen and LA Bash Bros or Hate Josh Allen or whatever team name you five team names you change your to. We look towards the final four. We got me and Trey, and we got uh, White Walker and QB Sneaks. I mean, three heavy hitters, big matchups here. Let's get going. Let's uh, let's go over the matchups right now. You said three heavy hitters, correct? I did. That's very smart. Okay, we got the final four here. I want to go over White Walker, QB Sneaks. I want to save the uh, my matchup for last because that one's going to be a doozy. I feel like I'm going to have to be defending myself the entire time. But we're recording this now completed Thursday night game. Jags beat the Jets. Was it 19 to 3? Uh Kent Whitewalker yeah. had Travis Etienne go pretty much hit projections. Didn't fall in for a touchdown, but he got the yards. He got the catches heavily involved. Garrett Wilson was started this week for QB Sneaks. He put up a dud, three points. Mm-hmm. I mean, carousel at quarterbacks. At this point of the junction, Man, I just you. No matter what the guys that have been producing for you, and we'll we'll get into it with my matchup. Uh, you gotta you gotta maybe start shelving guys. Some of your top guys have been performing all season off matchups and situations alone. So that was if only thing I was worried about. Garrett Wilson is just who's who's starting at quarterback, and if it's not Matt Matt White, did I get it right that time, Jake? No, it's, you say Matt White every time. It's Mike White. Okay, well if it's not Mike White then I I don't want anyone, anyone on the Jets. And um, he, he went with Garrett Wilson. I mean, he had 100 he, yards last week with Zach Wilson. I I don't – that's I still it doesn't matter. I don't care. I just – that's – we can look, obviously, uh, in the past, and you can say that 100 yards, but if I'm week by week, odds on that they're not going to be able to move the ball. The Jags are a hot team in this matchup. They're coming off a big win against Dallas. Thank you, uh, Blake, underdog pick of the week. Hits again. And, um, yeah, that was a game I guess I guess uh, the the Jags gave up a lot of – a lot of points, a lot of offense against the Cowboys, but it's the Cowboys. That's that's one of the one of the better teams in this league. The Jets aren't. They haven't been. They've been struggling as of late. Carousel at quarterback. Zach Wilson is absolutely horrible. Horrible. He's at a point now. If he's starting, you're you're spending whatever fab dollars you have at this point of the junction of the season, and you're picking up the, the defense because it's guaranteed, guaranteed one or two picks. And um, Garrett Wilson was a little tough, but. So that's going to put QB Sneaks behind the eight ball. Projection-wise for this matchup, Ken Whitewalker, 112. QB Sneaks now at 98. Let's dive into QB Sneaks first since he's uh, theoretically chasing Derek Carr. Now, he, he was inter- – this is interesting. Uh, I know with with uh, Jalen Hurts out or presumably – I don't know if he's 100% out yet. He's There's 100% been, out. 100% out. Okay, last time I looked um, – they, they wouldn't confirm. Um, that's why I picked up my boy, and eh, we'll get into it. But Derek Carr is the pick for Shane. I was looking at quarterbacks, obviously, because I am in a situation of my own with Sean Watson, and it was tough picking, kind of just picking on what quarterback I was going to sit with. Uh, do you have the quarterback list 
up or do you want yeah, me to pop I'm it up right for you? now? There's oh. literally nobody there's else. There's no one. Yeah. Absolutely no one. So Derek Carr mm-hmm. as his pick, do you think that's the best of the litter or any anyone yeah, else? It's either out him to or Kenny Pickett, but I yeah, I would rather I'd rather have just hope that Derek Carr gets me 15 points. Mm-hmm. You know that they're going to throw the ball. The only issue that I have with Derek Carr is that this is going to be an extremely bad conditions, I believe. Yeah, it is. It is literally going to be 10 degrees and snowing. So this is going to be a rough game for Derek Carr. Perhaps I'll look and see who do the Lions play. The Lions play someone because I saw a quarterback that was available for the Lions. This matchup does not have anybody playing in that game. Let's look. It is projected. Where's Detroit? Sam Darnold. Like, I guess I don't know. I, there, there's no one. Like maybe Nick Foles. I have, I have no idea. Like you can't throw Brock, Brock Purdy out there. It is at home, so maybe you ride with Brock Purdy. I mean, he's projected for 15. Can't do Russ, um, Trace McSorley, Mac Jones, Malik Willis. Like it's bleak. It's, it's so bleak. Bad. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it would be for me. It would. You know what? I would probably do Brock Purdy. I would probably ride with Brock Purdy, who has thrown two touchdowns the last uh, each game the last three weeks, and it's at home. Um, you don't have to worry about going on the road or really bad weather, and you just have to hope that he would get you between fifteen and twenty points, which I think is doable. He doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he has shown that he's actually kind of a, a decent quarterback. So I think Derek Carr, I think there's like cause for concern. And I know that sucks. Like you go the entire year riding on one of the best fantasy quarterbacks and then champion or basically your first week of the playoffs top seed and your best player is now out. Um, so that's rough. That's really, that's a bad, bad break for a Shane. Uh, Phillips gets a little lucky here. <sighs> But, um, yeah, I I think I would stay away from Derek Carr. I get why, only because you have the Devontae Adams X factor. At least you know that you have him. But the conditions are so bad, and I can see Derek Carr getting around 10 points in this game. And it's and where my first judgment on not taking Derek Carr is that Devontae Adams really hasn't been involved the last couple of weeks. I mean, as a Devontae Adams owner, he mm-hmm. he, he has, he's been pretty non-existent, whether the game is – um, whether the game is scripted for the, uh, Josh Jacobs to run all over, uh, run all over the field, as we saw in the, uh, I believe it was it the Chargers game? Was that two weeks ago? Um, mm-hmm. In that game, when we talked about that matchup, we're, um, we talked about that matchup being obviously Vegas going right at right of the right up the gut with Josh Jacobs utilizing him, and then we talked about it last week um, with the Patriots matchup. What a what a game that was! But uh, we. Our analysis, our guess was the plan is we're taking out – they're going to take out Devontae or they're taking out Josh Jacobs. One's going to thrive. One's going to falter. And they chose Devontae. Devontae was – he would, literally did nothing. And um, conditions are tough. And now if conditions conditions were tough and they were playing a bad team, uh, then I would be extra uh, – then I would be like, you know what? Roll with it. It's fine. All all Devonte takes needs is one one catch, break a tackle, he's gone. But now the record doesn't say it, but this still is Pittsburgh at home. This is a tough matchup, tough conditions. 
it's 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 tough. Now, I will say though, now that QB sneaks is on the back foot here in terms of Garrett Wilson going up against Travis Etienne, kind of hitting a stinker. I if I'm throwing caution in the wind, I get your point with with Purdy, but I see the ceiling way higher with Derek Carr than I do Purdy. I I feel like this is. I don't think in these weather conditions. I know. I know it's bad, but still, I think crazier things happen. I'm not saying like, I think it's far more likely that Devontae will be able to maybe, maybe catch like they still use Devontae in like the flat, like get, get the ball out to him, quick pass, not that far and let him work. Like there's still that part of the offense that I've seen this year where he's been productive. Yes. Devontae really is down the field, 15 yards, um, like come back and just dice you up that way. So yeah, it's going to be severely limited. But I just I think his I think his floor is much worse than Purdy. Though. Oh no, that's that's where I, that's where yeah. I worry about, and so that's where I agree with it's you. Very, it's just a volatile kind of like it could be anyway. It's yeah. quarterback situation right now at this part of the season is tough. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we can we can highlight Ken Whitewalker in this situation where if we saw Justin Fields weeks ago not being able to suit up, that's. That's why in his situation, he went after a backup quarterback for situations like this. Your number one guy goes out mm-hmm. in the the thick of the playoffs. Yeah, you're sacrificing either your running backs, wide receivers, but you, there's nothing more horrifying than going into your biggest matchup of the year and you don't have your quarterback. Mm-hmm. But QB Sneaks is on a tear right now. I mean, last week... I believe it was the biggest point output of the year. I know we've had some crazy ones, but it had been up there um, upwards to 170 points. He could, the way that his team has has been producing, he could maybe squeak out a win here. If, uh, if, if he can produce similar, similar uh, outputs, James Connors right up there. Tampa Bay is decimated. Uh, So is Arizona as well. So 17.4, but James Connor is just, Year after year, I don't, I, I just do not get it. But this guy is either uh, banged, he's banged up, he like limps into practice, he limps on the field, but he is so consistent. He's like, he's almost in that Leonard uh, Fournette category. Um, I was curious because where I was before this matchup, I was looking at the draft and I was looking at eh, what, what, what teams hit on certain players, what teams not. And then I got to Steph's team because we were just going over the, going over her squad and saying goodbye to it. And I saw Leonard Fournette. I think it was in the fourth fourth round. I'm like, ugh, that was a bad pick. And then I clicked on it, and I still saw Leonard Fournette in the top 12 of running backs. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those productions where it's like, he's yeah, he's not great. The team's bad. Um, they're still competing for a division, which is wild. Um, but still, he's no, – no matter what, he's always still in the mix. And James Conner, same thing. It's – the 22 ranked he's been hurt he's been out four times no three times this year including the bye week but look at his last five weeks he's got 21 carries 14 carries 25 15 16 yeah it's going down a little bit points 22 12 19 20 16 but, but he was on the road last week against denver which that team's terrible but that defense still shows up and on the road where this Arizona team's a dome team playing a warm weather state. They traveled to Denver and they, I mean, James Conner produced a uh, 3.9. He had three catches, 28 yards. He's, he's excellent. Latavius Murray against the Rams. 
if you start anyone against the Rams, uh, the defense is decimated. Um, I don't, I don't see Aaron Donald playing the rest of the season. What's the point? Um, they're going to Denver. This is probably the one game, one of the few games this year where Denver is going to have a lead and they're going to hold it. And there's, I still, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth, but Latavius Murray's a excellent running back just to go in there and churn yards and just run the clock and control the game and just beat up on the uh, defensive line. And I guess if, when I look at his team, those are the two question marks uh, heading into his, well, and Derek Carr, obviously kind of the two question marks, but then you have your heavy hitters after that. I know I just said David Montgomery's a heavy hitter, but he, this is the ideal situation. Um, no Khalil Herbert. Uh, you're at home. You're playing Buffalo, who's kind of been a sleeve of a defense. And David Montgomery has been producing. Justin Fields is back. Good situation. George Kittle has been hot. Um, with with Purdy at the helm, you're not missing much from what Garoppolo was giving you. Um, he's been way more involved in the offense. It's been needed with Debo uh, getting banged up. And Justin Jefferson against the Giants. Uh I just, just that game. What a what a wild week it was last week in that that Vikings game and mm-hmm. just the debacle with the uh, Patriots and just Jeff, Justin Jefferson automatic plug and play and where I see I, I I can see a world where the QB sneaks can get back after this hole of Garrett Wilson uh, Garrett Wilson with the three points and then rolling out Derek Carr. I know those are too tough, but there's a reason why he's got high projection marks. And I have some pretty pretty good confidence in James Conner, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle at eight point five. That seems low. He's at kind of at that point where he's just busting his uh, uh, production line. So that's all I got on his team. I like his team. I don't see any. I don't see any moves that he can really make. I think he rolls out this squad. Um, that's that's all, that's all for me, Jake. What do you got? I have him not scoring more than one hundred and five points this week. Okay. I'm on the complete opposite side. I love it. That's great. Um, we need con- conflicting. I think a Shane's team is good. I just think that <laughs> when it comes to fantasy, you drop 170 points one week where it makes no sense. Yeah, you are going to have an absolute stinker the next week. And I wait, think wait. I've had like 70 point outputs for three weeks. So are you saying the inverse for me this week? No, we'll look. Well, we need to look at your team first. But, okay. Um, I don't like some of these matchups. I think I think the best matchup on here is Latavius Murray against the Rams. Um, what a world. I think James Conner, and of course, touchdowns are huge, and he scores so many touchdowns. I think there's a good chance he gets less than 10 points this week. Mm-hmm. If you look at, I think they're going to be behind by a lot. They have Trace McSorley starting as the quarterback. Um, and if you look at their game last week, Tampa Bay didn't lose that game because their defense got decimated like they did not lose that game because the defense was terrible they lost that game last week because that offense turned the ball over four times inside their own 30 yard line and short field joe burrow is going to take advantage of that every single time if you look at what joe mixon did last week he had 20 he had 11 carries 21 yards samaji pirine seven carries 24 yards so that's what that rushing attack was and i can i mean joe burrow only threw for 200 yards they only had a total – how many you know, offenses? Uh, he had 180, 184, about 230, 240 total yards, and they scored 34 points. So it was completely on Tampa Bay turning the ball over. I find that hard to believe that's going to happen against a not great Arizona Cardinal defense. Um, but 
James Conner does score touchdowns, so I'll give him that. There's always that. But I I see this being a really difficult game. I can see Tampa Bay kind of, you know, taking control. They need one of these games to get back to like those winning ways. And of course, like you said, they're still fighting for a division. Which is so dumb. Yeah, it is, but that's sports. That's literally like you just play whoever you can. So I can see this being a Tampa Bay get right game and Arizona, you know, being behind by a couple touchdowns at halftime. And then perhaps you get some backup running back play in, in the fourth quarter, uh, which will limit James Conner. Um, I can't believe that's the, that's the Sunday night game, Christmas Sunday night game. Yikes. Um, so some other guys, Justin Jefferson, I think, I think he can hit those projections. Uh, the Giants corners aren't terrible and the defense not terrible. The, the good thing for Justin Jefferson, though, and Shane, is that he's playing at home. Uh, so that's always a plus. George Kittle, I do like that matchup. I think eight is, is right around there. I, I don't think it's going to be either a like two-point game, and I don't think it's going to be a 15-, 20-point game. David Montgomery I do like as well, but in the red zone and inside the five, they really give the ball to Justin Fields, who Shane is playing. So like I said, I already said with Derek Carr, I don't like that play, um, and I, I don't think Derek Carr can, can – I think hitting that projection is going to be extremely tough. Now his defense and his kicker, because since we're we're getting in the final four, let's go over these as well. Only because we have we we only have two matchups to really talk about. Saints defense against Cleveland. Cleveland's defense offense is just not good. Ever, ever since Deshaun Watson came back, I don't know why they don't just let Jacoby Brissett start. Only because I guess they're not really playing for anything, and I guess you want to yeah. have Deshaun get those reps in. But. Um, yeah, I mean, their offense just looks bad. But the Saints' defense is nothing special this year. It's not how it used to be. So on the road, I think that's a little tough. And then you have Jason Myers, who's been actually one of the best kickers in fantasy this year. Um, it is in Kansas City, so it might be a little tough to hit those 50-yarders only because I feel like he usually hits those in Seattle. Um, but looking at it right now, I mean, he has three of those on the road. Um, so, but I feel like in, in Kansas city in cold weather, it's, these are the types of things you kind of have to look at. Like you have to look at when it comes to kickers, especially because these, these guys can lose weeks for you. For instance, if you were to get a kicker that, you know, is playing in five degree weather and it's like kind of snowing, I'd rather go pick up a guy that's going to go play in a dome in a high scoring yeah. game. So for instance, like go pick up like a Michael Badgley, like, you know, the lions are going to score. So like go pick him up. They're going to get inside the 40-yard line almost like every drive, it seems like. So yeah. go pick him up. Go get some extra points with that because there's a good chance that Seattle might be getting boat raced. They're not going to go for field goals. They're going to go for no. fourth and four, fourth and five. So and that's another team now with that loss to San Francisco. Every win, Matt, like every game counts for them. Like they're they're going to pull out all stops to win this. And obviously that shouldn't affect the kicking game. But I mean – we're gonna be playing at the these these crucial points of the season where it's like every every single point matters, and you, you want to just make sure you get you get the guys in the winning team, you get those extra points, even though they're one point at a time. You get you you have to have the the best situations, the best weather, the best the best possible team that they're playing on, and but so I hear you there. I hear you there, and just focusing on the kickers yeah. in, in these I, matchups. I think, I think it actually it does make a huge difference. Um, and every point, like every point counts, especially in the playoffs. 
Um, so yeah, I, I am a little bit on the, I am on, well, not a little bit. I am definitely on the opposite side of you. Um, as far as I still think he has a chance. Um, I mean, even with those three points, I do agree with you, but I think it's going to, I don't think there are going to be a lot of points there. So you're going to have to hope that there are some duds on Phillips' team, which there kind of has been. So we can, we can get into that if you like. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I don't see. I don't see where the duds are this week. <laughs> there is not. Yeah, there's not too many. I mean, Justin Fields against Buffalo. Buffalo, like you, you kind of talked about, their defense is okay. It's it's a little banged up, and they need to get better going into the playoffs. But he's just he gets so many points doing and just so many rushing yards to where it's kind of a cheat code. Um, I mean, I see a dud and I, a Noah Fant. I don't. I, I guess like <laughs> Poor Noah. You just have to hope that they are down and they're just throwing the ball and that he's getting some of those. Um, I mean, he picked up Jawan Johnson, and I do think that if Call I were the him last week, Jake, you on Jawan Johnson. Yeah, I. I mean, I should have fucking picked him up and played him, um, but. Yeah, I mean, he's been like a red zone target, and I yeah. touched shit on him when he had those, you know, back to back weeks of touchdowns, uh, and then he, he dropped a zero, and then he's been kind of hurt. But yeah, I if you're looking for if you're looking for consistency, maybe Noah Fant with like four or five points. Um, but let's see, uh, that game is on Saturday. Both games are at the same time, so it's not like you can, you know, see how much you're down going into Saturday at ten. Games are completely different this week because of Christmas. So a lot of the games are actually on Christmas Eve, and then there's only three games on Sunday, and then one Monday night game. Real so, quick, do you like that? Do you like this schedule? No, I actually saw that. I didn't even realize that until yesterday. And I was kind of just like, wait, I don't want to watch football on Saturday. Like, I yeah. I like to spend time, like, I mean, like, like a lot of other people and, and Christmas and stuff like that. And I get it that you don't – NFL doesn't necessarily – they know that they're not going to get the same viewership. So they're not going to put it on a Sunday. But, man, yeah, like I really, I really don't want to watch football on a Saturday. And, uh, I mean, is there even a Saturday night game or is there a – Saturday, uh, yeah, oh, there the is it's Vegas that, game. Is the Vegas game? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see. Um. Uh, but it's just different. Which I I typically I like the college football Saturday, but I know they're in the bowl season, so it's a little different than that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All in all, I don't see a lot of duds here happen. No Fant. I mean, he picked up three tight ends. He has a. He's got no Fant. Juwan Johnson, you meant, and like you mentioned, and Jordan Aikens. Like Jordan Aikens has been on the Titans for like seventy-five years. Um, yeah, but he's he's there. But I think it's just all insurance. I think maybe it's gut feeling to see whoever he goes with at that tight end spot. Um, everywhere else, he's he's completely good to go. Uh, Justin Fields, as you mentioned, at home, um, that's going to be a high-scoring game. Calling it high-scoring game. You want every piece on both teams. Besides Gabe Davis, because no one wants Gabe Davis. Um, that's a shot at Phil. <laughs> Derrick Henry. I keep I, 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 I kept seeing the stat, the Derrick Henry against Houston uh, uh, statistics over his last, what, five games. It's like it's like averaging like 200 yards. Who knows on that one? I mean, you, you start him, 21 points. Seems absolutely ridiculous, but it's one of those situations where – it's one of those situations where you look at the stat – 
and you may be the dummy that's like, well, he's not going to have 200 yards this time. This is going to be the time where they shut him down. And then you like fade him and you say under whatever, whatever is under total is like probably like 95, something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then he hits like 200. It seems like one of those games he's been um, against the Chargers. He, he had a good game, still kind of somewhat limited. Uh, two weeks ago, he had that uh, matchup, blanking on that matchup, but started out of the game. Oh, was it? Wasn't no, it wasn't Jack- it was the Jacksonville game. It was yeah. the Jacksonville game. Yeah, it came out the gate. He had like 80 yards and like it seemed like in three seconds. And then mm-hmm. they just never yeah, like, like 10, no, we're going to stop him. I feel out. like Houston at this at this point in the junction, um, that Tennessee Titans team is absolutely decimated. Uh, Malik Willis is going to be in the game. I mean, he's at puts a little bit more threat on the ground. Maybe they can kind of mix it up, uh, keep that Houston uh, defense guessing. But I, I would imagine Houston, um, who we talked about in running back matchups as a team that you feast on, but and that, that their outside game has been pretty good. But I mean, they got nothing to lose. Like if if they if they head in this week, it's like, hey, you know what? Seen reports Derrick Henry has actually ran on us. Let's just stack the box. It's like Malik Willis just it's not gonna matter. I know it's not gonna matter, but maybe they at least slow him down. I don't know. They, but. I, I believe Malik Willis started yes, he started the last game that was in Houston. Derrick Henry had two hundred and twenty yards, two touchdowns. He had okay. close to forty well, points. Sorry, so I am uh, yeah, Derrick Henry. If you go look at his games against Houston, I think he has I know, the most. It's, yeah. it's absolutely yeah, it's crazy. So it's I, stupid. I I think this is a thirty. Oh, I have it right here. I knew I had it on my on my computer. So um, we start from twenty nineteen. He had two hundred eleven yards, three touchdowns. Twenty uh, twenty twenty two hundred sixty four yards, two touchdowns. 2021, 250 yards in two touchdowns. And then earlier this year, 228 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, good luck, I guess. Good luck, Houston. If you're a Houston fan, I don't think anyone listening to this likes the Texans, but uh, Derrick Henry is going to just yeah. shit on it's, your Saturday. Uh, yeah, I I am in a league where I have Derrick Henry this week. And I start, who did I start? I started Zay Jones tonight. Like, I'm mean, like literally. 0.5 points um and i need derrick henry to drop 40 points so um it's and in the, I, and it's this in is, the realm of possibility this is so. literally the matchup that anyone would want when it comes to like if you were to give me any player against any team i am taking derrick henry against the houston texans in a must-win matchup yeah and white has got it and he also has his host of uh Probably one of the coolest, I guess, heading into a, a final four matchup. He's got AJ Brown, CD Lamb, both both teams going against each other. Yeah, biggest AJ matchup Brown. of the week as far as like NFL yeah, games. It's the most exciting. Uh, it's a bummer that Jalen Hurts isn't going to be in it, but we got my boy Gardner Minshew in it, and probably the best backup. I would say one of the best backup um, quarterbacks in the league. So hopefully, it doesn't kind of ruin the fireworks that that game is going to produce a lot of heavy weapons, a lot of good uh, miles. I can't believe I was going to say both, both teams have sport, good running backs with miles Sanders and Zeke and Pollard. And you got AJ Brown, CD lamb. I think Phillips is, you're just hoping for an absolute just masterclass of a uh, wide receiver quarterback play from both quarterbacks in that game, prime position for both. Uh, and then same old, same old. The reason why he changed his team name, Kenneth white Walker against KC KC's I, haven't really have tabs on what KC has been doing this year defensively, 
uh, and White Walker has struggled. He's been hurt. He's hurt two weeks ago against Carolina. He came back this week. And I will say, um, kind of what we talked about earlier with uh, Patterson, now completely different levels in terms of where they are at, in terms of like fantasy output and their role on the team. But uh, there was that stretch where uh, Patterson was hurt. He was There was a bye. He got hurt. And then they came back and they and they they came back. They kind of warmed him up a little bit. Uh, last week he had 12 carries and that was kind of a tight game. They had him involved, but he also had four catches, which is promising. I believe it's the second best game this year in terms of how he got involved in the past game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a better matchup, I think. I, I am Kansas City is a better offense. I'm going to say than San Francisco. Um, I know I don't know why I'm biting my tongue there, like thinking that's a controversial take, but it shouldn't be because they are. And uh, but I still think you don't they don't play uh, Kenneth Kenneth Walker off the field. I think he can still be productive. I don't. I you know what I I I find it it's going to be a tight projection for him. I think he's going to hit that thirteen. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to blow it out of the water like Derek, probably Derek Henry, or I even think uh, AJ Brown in, the, in his matchup. I think he's going to go over projections, um, but that'll be a tight one. And that's the, what a perfect anchor. Usually that flex spot, how I like to do it. I want to have like my worst guy that I think that I can put in the in the flex spot and not put him in my starting lineup. But for for Kenneth White Walker or Kenneth Walker to be the anchor for his team this matchup, while seeing Garrett Wilson with his three point three points, that's a that's a what a great player uh, and a great uh, overall build for for Phillips team. Anything else on Phil's team before we make our our picks? No, I, I think they he has very solid matchups um, and teams that are going to score points. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Fields is going to score points. Derrick Henry is going to score points. I think Philly, Dallas. I think that might start out as a defensive kind of battle and then it's going to open up in the second third quarter and i think that can be a 28 24 type of game and i think both those players will uh definitely have an impact and yeah i think kenneth walker i am a little suspect on him only because like you said when kansas city's like offense is rolling they're going to be behind they don't usually use kenneth with passing um so I'm, i'm a little bit maybe inside the five yard line i'll give him the ball um, and then let's just touch quickly defense, defense kickers. I do like the Chargers this week, and I think Derwin is actually going to play this week. Um, and they have been better. They're not great, but they've been better. They're getting a lot more um, pressure on the quarterback, and Nick Foles is actually starting. So you don't really know what you're going to get there. Actually, I would probably rather, if you have the Chargers defense, rather have Matt Ryan start or, of course, Sam Ellinger. But um, Nick Foles will be starting, but no Jonathan Taylor. So that's just a huge question mark there. Um, and then Graham Gano, I think I think Graham Gano has a good chance of getting 10 points um, against inside that dome in Minneapolis. Um, so I think Phillips will be able to pick up points on a Shane there. So... I'm, it sounds like from your analysis and you kind of going over both teams that, I mean, top to bottom, White Walker is your team to win in this matchup. Is that fair to assume? Yeah, I think Phillips somehow snuck into the playoffs thanks to your bum-ass team. Um, and I think he gets Hurtful. to the final round. Um, we haven't talked about – we haven't talked about uh, my matchup with Notorious, but do you think – uh, out of the four teams remaining, uh, the matchup, do you think highest scoring team this week? Phillips' team? Yeah, I think Phillips' team over over Trace. Um, 
Yeah, I know it's not yours, and I know <laughs> I know looking at a Shane's matchups, they're they're not as good as Phillips. I think he has he has better players, but um yeah, I do think I think Derrick Henry can easily put um Phillips to one twenty five to one thirty. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with Phillips team here. Just the players are better. Um there there are obviously some big bright spots on QB Sneaks team where um, there's a couple of guys on this team that I think could steal you weeks, mm-hmm. but uh, given the matchups of Phillips teams, given the players that he has, given that Derrick Henry against Houston won, I and Justin Fields against Buffalo, I think it's I think the it's just too it's going to be too much for Shane. I've, his team peaked a little too early last week. That 170 would obviously come in handy this week when he absolutely needs it. I think mm-hmm. uh, he comes up short. I agree with you. I, I, I see this as like a 30-point blowout. I see it as like a 130-100 score. Uh, and Phillips moving on to the finals. Okay, Jake, I have some explaining to do with my team. And I'm not proud of it. I limped in here. Thank God I had the second I had the second place buy because I definitely need it. I think I posted a 68 points, uh, 71 worst, points. Worst team of the week last week. Worst team of the week. By far, and um, when you have buys, and obviously you didn't have one this year because your team was ass. But in other years past, when you have buys, do you set your lineup to like pretend like no. you were in the playoffs? No, no I don't just, even care. No, just, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I. It makes it makes you it even set, that's more bad if you set your lineup and you got the the least amount no, of points. No, I did. Yeah, no, I did. That's, I, I'm I, saying it's bad. That's horrible. It's horrible. I had some of the worst situations. Pat, Pat's got a jacked up club foot he but he was active and he didn't get a target he didn't like really play he sat on the sidelines and um nick chubb he was he was active he had a lot of yards just that team can't buy a touchdown to sean watson sucks it's the worst pickup of the year michael Pittman was active though uh obviously a wild game he was um, at one point he got played off the field because they were up by 30 and then they needed him late in the game so i think he had something like 18 targets something stupid like that what was it 14 targets 10 catches Mm -hmm. but this lineup i'm rolling out here i'm i'll I'll give you the reins because it makes me sick to my stomach some of the names i have on who i'm rolling out this week yeah i mean i'm not gonna just i'm not gonna dissect them but you are starting gardner Minshew. hell yeah starting zach moss Darius slayton and yeah, I mean, so, I, I don't so know. Whole- <laughs> I don't know what to say. Really, um, this is the team that you're rolling out with, um, and you have some guys on the bench that you know have played well for you over the season. Like, like a Michael Pittman. Like, it's starting a Darius Slayton over Michael Pittman, and I, I feel like is a is a stretch. Um, even an Adam Thielen over Darius Slayton. I don't know. I don't. Well, can think- you help me? Can you help me with the Michael Pittman? I, I, they're obviously going up against Chargers. Um, I, I don't have a sense of how that game's going to play out. Do you? Like, where, where do you think that game's going to play out? It's kind of a tight game in terms of, uh, in terms of the line. I want to say no. Chargers it, are four and a half point favorites. So on the okay. road, on the road. Yeah, yeah that's a so, seven and a half point. I don't know. I so you didn't. Yeah, you mentioned Gardner Minshew. He was. I, he is who I settled on at, at quarterback 
for this <laughs> for this final four matchup. Mm-hmm. And I kept honestly going back, and it was so stupid to admit this, um, considering that we're in 2022. But I kept going back and forth on, do I go Gardner or do I go Nick Foles? And the the upside with Gardner is that I've I've seen him aired out before, and he's got two amazing weapons out there with. Um, with H.A. Brown and and I don't think he's an amazing weapon. We've been down on him all year, but Devontae Smith mm-hmm. has definitely picked it up as of late. So I, I think the yards will be there plenty. And and I know that that pass rush, I don't I don't know. There's something about it. This I I think I just want to win with Gardner more than I would want to uh, lose with Nick Foles. Uh, I Michael Pittman has has shown has shown. Um, especially last week that he still commands a, a majority in this offense. I just, I don't know. I feel like I have a little bit more of a feeling of what I'm going to get out of garden. than I'm what I'm going to get out of Nick Foles. You just mentioned four and a half is the line. They're going to be behind their running backs are all banged up. Zach Moss, Zach Moss is absolutely disgusting, but we did see as a, uh, Jonathan Taylor went out early in that game that they they entrusted Zach Moss as a majority of the carries. Yes, Deion Jackson was also in the game and he's the pass catching back. In a game that in a game that they're going to be down, they're obviously going to ha- be be bringing in uh, Deion Jackson that served at one point in the season as the running back as well as well as the pass catching back. So a um, little dicey there, but at this point, um, I'm I'm going to be benching Brian Robinson for Zach Moss. And I think they both fit similar roles. Brian Robinson, as of late, has been way more involved, and he's actually been producing in somewhat tough matchups. Just last week against the Giants, he, um, I mean, he cracked like 80, 80 yards, like relatively quick and kind of easy too. But I'm going off straight matchups here. Now, my goal here is with with my week and my matchup is just I want all green in terms of opponent rank. So Zach Moths against the rush. Chargers are 29th. Devontae Adams against Pittsburgh. That weather is horrible. We, we talked about it a lot with Derek Carr. Um, uh, Steelers defense, 29th. Darius Slayton. Now, if there's any shot my team wins this week, I think it's on the back of Darius Slayton. Jeez, <laughs> that's, just the, just, that's the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. I, I, I agree with you. But I'm uh, Darius Layton is going up against probably one of the most horrendous uh, cornerbacks in defense in terms of defending the pass, and I can I can pretty much bank on at least maybe six targets, seven targets. Feel pretty confident with that number uh, against this offense, and and Darius Slayton at some junctures of the year has been pretty productive. Touchdowns aren't there. <laughs> I don't I think I'm talking myself out of Darius Slayton here as I'm talking See, about I, it. I I understand seeing the green. I get that. Um I mean also if I, part of me doesn't believe it cuz then you would have started Deshaun Watson over Gardner, but um but I wouldn't look at that. for the women. I would <laughs> I would look at um average points this year and i know it's a little bit more deflated because gardner has 0.4 and zach moss has 2.5 but the rest of the guys that you're starting michael Pittman is on average of 11 points 
a game. Uh, Darius Slayton has 7.5. Um, you know, someone like Brian Robinson has nine points. Um, and I guess you can say Devin Singletary does have more, but I'm, I, f- I feel like if I were to, I'm not even opening it up right now, but I feel like if I were to look at Brian Robinson's last three, four games compared to Singletary's, I have a feeling Robinson is probably averaging more. So he is. I don't know. I I am very much just kind of, and this is what the thing about fantasy football. I totally expect you to probably score another 75, 80 points. Um, your boost with 13 from your defense is nice, but fantasy football can be ridiculous. And it's just one of those where just watch Darius Slayton get two touchdowns for the first time, I feel like, in his career. Um, and you're going to be looking like a genius. So, uh, I mean, Pat, Pat Firemuth had zero points last week. Um, and, you know, you never know this week he could go off. So, I don't know. I I just – I understand your rationale with just, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to try and, you know, prove to everyone that I know what I'm doing by just starting these players based off of bad matchups. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just don't see it. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And uh, I feel like that has been the general theme of, of my, uh, managing this season. I have been incredibly, incredibly, incredibly lucky. Well, it's, you've spoke about it all year. We've, we've gone mm-hmm. over my placements and points for and points against. And, um, I, I shouldn't be here. I should not be here. And there's a reason why I shouldn't be here because I'm starting Gardner Minshew and I'm starting Zach Moss and I'm starting Darius Slayton this week. And, and I, I'm letting caution go to the wind. I'm, I'm going matchups that I feel that I'm, that I'm confident in. I woke up Wednesday morning with my zero fab because I wasted it all on Deshaun Watson. And I was happy that I saw Zach Moss there and um, I'm worried about Nick Chubb. He's had a foot injury. Back to back, do not uh, did not practice. He was full uh, today, Thursday, and they have him ready to go. It's a tough matchup against New Orleans. That that is, if there's anything that maybe Nick Chubb may uh, have an advantage of, that Cleveland game is going to be disgusting, like disgusting weather, um, and that may be a game that Nick Chubb will thrive in. But him being injured, Devin Singletary against Chicago. I'm hoping on maybe this is a game where uh, where the Bills kind of roll and they give it to Devin. They've shown in years past, this time last year, for the fantasy playoffs, that if you had Devin Singletary and rolled with them, he he won championships off his back because towards the end of the year when Buffalo had the division wrapped up, they were able to just count on him to just take care of the running game. I don't, I don't think, I think we're obviously a year removed from that. I don't, I'm not expecting that. I'm not expecting him to have 25, 28 carries and lead my team to victory. Um, this, this, this team is a different makeup, different moxie. Um, but I like the matchup. I think it's a decent matchup. And I know Brian Robinson has a pass, but I'm scared of San Francisco. I just, I'm scared. And I, at this point where I, where I have so many options, um, I'm almost like I'm like Steph's team right now. I have so many options. I don't know what to do. I'm just going with even if it's the right decision or wrong decision. I'd rather lose making the decision that I think is right, whether mm-hmm. uh, it may not may not be right to other people. This is what feels right to me, and I'd rather lose with this team than go against what I'm feeling and uh, and rolling out a lineup that I don't like. And I'm going up. I'm going up against. The notorious, my arch nemesis, the guy I've been dogging all year, crappy team, crappy owner, and. He he's got it he's got it clicking right now on all cylinders and 
I'm just, I'm so scared. Yeah. I mean, I just, I watched that Miami Buffalo game as he had Josh Allen last week. And that's someone who played him. Um, and I think in the first quarter or no, 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 it was after the first drive, Josh Allen only had like, like two points. And I was just like, yes, like, here we go. Bad weather. And then literally at halftime, I think he had like 19 points where I was just like, what the fuck? Like he is so good and he gets points so fast. Um, you are definitely going to need, you're definitely need to hope that Devin Singletary steals touchdowns away from Josh Allen. That's like, I think the literally the only way that you could win. Um, Josh Allen is going to dominate this bears defense. Like this is going to be a very ugly game um, as, and maybe not ugly, but more as like the, the bills are going to score 30 plus points. And so you need to hope that Josh Allen, um, not, you can't even hope that he struggles. He's going to have a good game. You need to hope yeah. that Devin Singletary steals some of those. Um, Austin Eckler, who has been good. Um, the Chargers offense just just still like he gets just so many random catches. And as a fan, I sit there kind of just bored watching that offense because they have weapons. They just they give Austin Eckler six catches a game and just right at the line of scrimmage and let him kind of move all over the place. So he's still going to have his no matter what. Josh Jacobs. Um, I feel like Josh Jacobs didn't have like a crazy good game last week. He only had 12 points. Um, so maybe this is a week where he gets into the end zone. So 18 points, I think, is right around. Uh, Keenan, Stefan Gilmore um, is a pretty good corner. And jo- Justin Jefferson is a freak of nature. So he was cooking up Gilmore in that second half last week. But they really were throwing the ball literally every single down. Um, and I could see Keenan... You know, 12 points, I think, is right around his projection. Um, And I don't think it's going to that's going to be a crazy high scoring game. So you have a little bit of of some not rough matchups, but just kind of mediocre matchups for Trey, Uh, Chris Godwin. Um, I think a lot of these matchups are just middle of the road. Like Josh Jacobs is going against 12, Keenan against six, Chris Godwin against the 12th ranked. Secondary, Gerald Everett, 14th ranked for tight ends. And then Tony Pollard against 15th ranked. So kind of like right in the middle where you're not really sure. I do think there's going to be um, – I like your Chase McLaughlin pick for kickers. I do think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit, and he does hit from 40 and 50. But I also think on the flip side, um, I can see the Rams moving a little bit on the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos not allowing touchdowns which is going to give the Rams uh, or Matt Gay the ability to, to hit 40 to 50 yarders as well. And I do think Buffalo's defense plays decent against Chicago on Saturday, um, perhaps a uh, turnover or two. And they'll probably put a lot of pressure on field, especially if he escapes the pocket. He's going to you know, run for dear life. And I don't know. So I, I, I get confused about when running quarterbacks run outside the pocket. Do they count as sacks? Do they count as runs? It's always been a question of mine. But, um, yeah, I think Trey's just his projections and, like, his consistency. Like, I actually thought that Trey's team last week just didn't do that great. Like, I thought they were okay. He only scored 115 points, which is mm-hmm. not very Trey-like when it comes to his team. 
Um, before last week, he had scored um, 126, 128, 155, 122. So he's gotten he went over 120 for four straight weeks prior to that, and he ended up with 115. I just I had nobody on my team that wanted to score. Um, and the only guy that really went off for Trey was Josh Allen. He had 36 points. Yeah. So if he's going to get another performance like that from Josh Allen, you are for sure losing. Um, but if Josh Allen limits that to 20 points, you know, and, and Trey's around a hundred, I, th- I think there's a small sliver of hope for you. Okay. Well, make your pick. Who wins this? Oh, um, I for sure am picking Trey. No questions about that. Now, I want to, Jake, I want to, for the last time this season, use every ounce of my bad pick giving to pick Trey in this matchup. But I'm taking myself. I'm taking myself because this is the dumbest reason ever, but... Jaguars getting 13 points uh, will be the catalyst for the luck that I'm going to get with this lineup. So is Gardner Minshew, Zach Moss, Jerry Slate, one of those guys will hit, and they'll hit big. And I think they'll hit big, which just means that um, it's this – I. I may, I'm, maybe I'm manifesting it. Maybe I'm hoping. Maybe I'm just naive. Maybe I'm stupid. Now, it's final four. We saw the big point spread between the two teams, um, the two matchups. This one, as of right now, with my 14, I'm still projected to lose by nine. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be stupidly close. And it's going to come down to, uh, for some odd reason, Trey's team's just falling apart because he's going up against my team. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking to the... The lucky uh, elixir that my team has done to the other my opponents all year long, where I have been getting the worst um, output from my opponents, and I'm just squeaking by. I'm gonna hope that trend continues. I think I have some some boom plays potentially here for my team, and the cat hashtag claws up moves on to the finals against Phillips, and. We're going to have to wait and see. Just the, the gummies must be talking. Yes, they are. All right. Welcome back to Baki's Bets. Last week, two and one, which seems to be what I am every week. Um, rough loss, though. I had the Patriots. Shout out Jacoby Myers. Uh, thanks a lot for ruining that uh, game. Perhaps the worst play I've ever seen by a NFL player. Um, but my stinky game of the week was the Bengals at the Bucks. It looked terrible, down 17-3 to at halftime. But then the Bengals came back, scored 31 points in the second half, 134 to, I believe, 20-something. Uh, and then the final one... Um, I just liked how close the Giants and Commanders are. I felt like five points was too much for the Giants at plus five. So I took the Giants and they actually ended up winning outright. So we are on to this week. Um, I like three games 
possibly a fourth if I decide to talk about it. But we'll start on Saturday. Bills at the Bears. Um, now, this game is going to be in very cold temperatures. It's going to be around 10 degrees at kickoff. Um, but last week, the Bills played a tough game against the Dolphins. It was extremely cold there in Buffalo. And I don't believe it's supposed to snow in Chicago in this game. The over-under is at 40 and a half. The Bills score sometimes 40 points in a game. And the Bears have such a bad defense. Justin Fields can move the ball. Um, I don't think he'll score a lot of points, but I do think he'll have enough to where they will score a touchdown or two. And I, it's hard for me to think that the Bills aren't reaching 30 points. So give me the over at 40 and a half for the Bills and Bears. The second pick of the week, I don't like big spreads, um, but this one kind of just you know stuck out to me at Kansas City minus 10. Now, Kansas City hasn't really had a game lately that you're like, oh, these are the Chiefs. Um, they are here. They're, they're scoring a lot. Um, and they win by 30 points. Now, that seems to be a thing that happened a lot over the years. Seattle is playing bad football right now. Just not a good team. And I don't see this team scoring too much in bad weather. Across the board this week, there is bad weather. And I shouldn't necessarily say bad. It's just very cold weather. Um, so give me the Chiefs at home, minus 10. Seattle does have a lot to play for. They're trying to make the playoffs. But the Chiefs are also trying to get that number one seed and that buy. They are number two right now. And the new rules for the playoffs that go back to, from last year is that the only team that's getting a bye week is that first place team uh, where the Bills are currently. So the Chiefs are going to want to try to keep level this week with the Bills. I expect the Bills to easily beat the Bears. And I expect the Chiefs to blow out the Seahawks. So give me the Chiefs minus 10. Third and final pick. I have to roll with these guys. The Detroit Lions are looking like a wagon. And this team is going to make the playoffs. They're going to sneak in to that seventh seed. Um, and they are on the road against the Carolina Panthers. This is kind of a stinky line to me. They are only two and a half point favorites, but it's hard for me to think that Jared Goff, that offense, and even that defense are going to do, um, are going to, you know, have a tough, close game against Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers are not a good football team. Carolina is also right there in that division because of how bad that division is. But the Detroit Lions uh, started out one and six. They are now seven and seven. That is a six and one record over the last seven on the road. They are not a bad away team. They are three and three. They're 500. But the Panthers, I just don't think they are a good team whatsoever. Give me Jared Goff. The weather's not supposed to be terrible. It's only 30 degrees there at kickoff, it says. So give me Jared Goff and minus two and a half and the Detroit Lions. Those are my three picks. And I'm going to throw in a last one just because this is the oh, no. uh, this is the giving season. Okay. I'm giving you guys these picks for free. Should be thanking me. You'd be rich right now. I'm going to throw this one out there. I think both of these teams stink. They both have offenses that stink and actually decent defenses, especially one team has a decent defense. Give me the Bucks, Cardinals. Everyone's just going to be watching this game and just going to be bored out of their mind. Tom Brady against Trace McSorley, just yuck. Tom Brady and that offense, not good. The Cardinals defense, shout out J.J. Watt, who is better than Aaron Donald. Um, 
he is going to have that defense at least somewhat inspired, I would like to think, and trying to play the Bucks tough. Give me the under 40 and a half. Trace McSlorley in that offense is not scoring more than uh, maybe 13 to 14 points against that Buccaneers defense. So Bucks 27, Cardinals 10. Damn, that is a boring ass game. Um, Jake, off off camera, off uh, mic, you laughed at me last week when I said the phrase "sprinkle a hundo" on the Jags. I, I didn't laugh at because I didn't believe the Jags were going to win. I just no one sprinkles a hundred dollars. Well, learn you the lingo, a, buddy. If you would have sprinkled a hundo on the Jags, you would have cashed in on what was I think it was like plus one eighty would have $280 in your bank account because what a banger, what a win that was. What a fun game that was. I I'm not I'm not going to uh I'm not taking the Eagles money line this week at f- uh four and a half over the Cowboys, but that team's reeling. That's a team you can take advantage of, I feel like right now in, in terms of the lines with uh with Minchu. But let's get to my pick here. Do I still have the soundboard? Oh baby, yes I do. Play it. Oh, God. We got the Raiders underdogs on the road in Pittsburgh. Oddly enough, I like I like Tomlin on Tuesday coming out saying that he expects Kenny Pickett in this matchup coming back in. It's going to be a, um, no rain. It's just going to be a freezing game. This Both these teams have history. Um, oddly enough, Vegas in the last five, they've won this matchup four times. Um, and this is, I mean, over the course of X many years, Steelers have been competitive. Um this, it's a cold game. It's a frigid game. Um, I'm going to go just across the board in terms of just skill positions. It kind of reminds me of my pick with uh, taking the Raiders over the Seahawks. Um, Kenny Pickett, if he's starting this game, uh, I like Derek Carr. And I know the Raiders are really got knocked out of the, of the really the playoff contention. But I feel like the, the final weeks leading into the NFL season means a lot to Derek Carr. And the Raiders as a whole, a uh, new coach coming in, maybe he wants a new change of the helm. Derek Carr has been rumored uh, about shipping off to new teams. We've heard that with the Tom Brady news heading into this year. I think it's really important that he finishes out the year strong with his with his guy, Devontae Adams. I think uh, this is a spot where points me maybe a premium if it comes down to last-second drives between both teams. Um, I like Derek Carr over Kenny Pickett. Um, I look at Devonta Adams. I don't think there's anyone on the field um, defensively, or if I look at other wide receivers on the Steelers that can compare Devonta Adams this week, I see he, him as the best player on the field. And I also like Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has been an absolute monster, monster um, all year, and I, I just really love the skill positions with this Raiders team. Now the defense has been absolutely abysmal. Um, really, the the game last week against. Uh, the Patriots the game was handed to them, uh, but there's some lucky juice there. Some good juice there. I don't like the Steelers team at home in Pittsburgh. It's always it's always nice to take uh, the Steelers, but I don't know something about the Raiders this week. Something about uh, that kind of magical walk off that they had last week against the Pats and um, juice is flowing. I think two point five uh, spread. Lions at two and a half. I know I don't give you these heavy hitters, Jake. I'm sorry, but I only give you winners. Yeah, I need like a parlay with the Texans or something. You know what? I'll do you one better. Oh boy. We'll do we'll do two and a half. Take the two and a half. Take that money line plus one twenty for the Raiders. And you know what? 
I'll throw in the Eagles. I, I believe in Gardner Minshew. Uh, this is going to be a tight divisional game. I know that the Cowboys are really, and this is kind of a big game for the Cowboys uh, to keep pace, maybe get in a better seating. It's not a real big game for the Eagles, but I think uh, when these two teams link up, it doesn't really even matter. I don't feel like the Eagles take the, the pedal off the metal here. Um, I four, four and a half point spread a little bit bigger. Um, blows my mind. We were talking before this. Uh, how big of a line that that move probably because of Jalen Hurts, but I think Gardner Minshew is the second best quarterback in the NFL, hands down. Um, I don't think there's that big of a drop off. I, I believe he's going to be able to get the ball to his skill positions. Uh, Miles Sanders has been a steady rock on that team. I don't think they take a big step back. And Wait, what did you I say think Gardner they, was. I think he's the second, not second best. Excuse me. I think he's the best backup quarterback in the league. Excuse me. Thank you for correcting me there. I was I know, my bad. Um, best backup of the league. I don't think it's that big of a step back in terms of what they can move offensively. I think this is a good matchup. I think this is going to be a great game. I think this is a game that the Eagles really just hammer down hammer down this division and put a death, death grip on the whole uh, NFC as a whole. So you're forcing me into it. I'm going to do a little parlay. I, I'm on Bovada right now so I can give you the exact odds. Give me a plus 170 for the Eagles. And give me where my where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Hold please. Raiders. So plus plus four ninety four. And sprinkle sprinkle of twenty five bucks on that. That's gonna net you one hundred twenty three fifty. So give me the give me Raiders. Give me Eagles. Both teams on the money line. Underdogs this week. Those are my picks. You can take that to the bank, boy. 